This year's Auburn football team seems significantly worse than a year ago. What's the biggest difference? Well, Zach, I, I actually just finished crushing some chicken farm, and I am freaking ready to rock and roll. You are Locked On Auburn, your daily podcast on the Auburn Tigers. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Yes, welcome on into Locked On Auburn, your daily Auburn Tigers podcast. I'm your host, Zach Blackerby. Thank you so much for making Locked On Auburn your first listen every single day. Joining me as he does every Tuesday, Charlie Five, as we broadcast live from Barbaritos. I think it's interesting, Charlie Five, when you look at this year's team and all the situations surrounding it and compare it to last year's team, as far as production on the field and excitement on the field, totally different. But then you really get down to the nitty gritty. There's not a whole lot of differences between the two teams. There's really not. There's, but there's three big differences. There is three big differences. And I'm sorry, this is probably going to hurt some feelings, and it just is what it is. You got a different offensive coordinator, a different defensive coordinator, and you got a different quarterback. Uh, everything else is the same. Defensive line should be better. It's not. Uh, mm. Defensive backfield, you brought in new players. You got tons of talent. It's not any better. Uh, and then you look at the offensive line. It's the same offensive line uh, that last year you probably could win nine games uh, if you don't have an injury to both. Uh, and they're playing worse. Your wide receivers are playing pretty much the same as they've been. Uh, and your quarterback play is putrid. That's the only three. That's the only three changes. The guys that we had this whole oh they were forced. These these coordinators were forced on Brian Arson. He didn't have a chance because these guys were forced. On, well, you know what? They're gone, and we look worse on both sides uh, on both sides of the ball. The yeah, I mean, I think I think we all knew kind of going into it. It's like okay, these are the guys that it really kind of seems that Brian Harson wanted his, his wanted the whole time. Yeah, his group from Boise State, Eric Kiesel leading the offense. And Jeff Schmutting leading the defense. And it's like, this is what you got. And we talked about it when it happened. It's like, cool. All right. Brian Harson's got his guys. He probably should have been able to get them from the get-go. And like, okay, let's see if it works or not. And so far, it has not worked. We haven't seen any sort of aggression on either side of the football. Both sides are very vanilla. And I originally thought, Charlie Five, that through the first two games of the season, they were just choosing to be vanilla because they were withholding right. information from, from Penn State. They didn't want Missouri and LSU to see things because, yeah, you want to empty uh, empty the bank and throw everything you got uh, against Penn State. But after this past weekend, I'm now just wondering if these are just two basic units, if it's just a basic offense and a very passive defense. Because after what we saw at Penn State, that's pretty much what it looked like to me. Exactly. And this doesn't just go just to Penn State. We have played eight straight quarters of putrid football. Absolutely not even subpar, like poor, not subpar, poor football for eight consecutive quarters. Yep. So this this idea that we may just magically get better, or whole, it's not like it just happened on Saturday. And honestly, I, I said it on the first on the first after the first game, and people said I was being, you know, maybe being too negative, whatever. When we talked about should we start off five and zero, and I said, you know, I'm worried about the offensive line and can we run the ball? And it's exactly what's happened. Penn State came in and absolutely big boyed us and shut us down, won the trenches on both sides, and we didn't made no adjustments. We had no real uh, 
no real uh, it seemed like no real plan to uh, adjust at all like it was just it was just hit in the mouth from the beginning and we could do nothing about it. it's almost like we didn't even expect it everything everything that yeah. happens we seem surprised about it yeah and it just goes back to everything looks more difficult than it so, should i mean especially on the offensive side of the ball it just offense looks hard right now and, and that's something that that shouldn't be the case when you have an offensive-minded head coach, when we were eating lunch here at Barbaritos, I made the comment to you something along the lines of, man, it's just annoying how long Auburn's had an offensive-minded head coach and the offense just hasn't really been there. And, and to me, that's frustrating. When you look throughout all of college football and you know other schools are hiring these offensive-minded coaches and their offense has a spark. And it's just like, right. why, why didn't we get that here? Well, let me ask you this, but uh, let me ask you this, Zach. Uh, was Bo the difference? I mean, seriously, was Bo the difference? We were six and two. Uh, we were six and two, I believe, before he got injured. Uh, we had scored five straight touchdowns against Mississippi State. He goes down, and we haven't been able to walk and chew gum at the same time since Bo since Bo's been out. I mean, well, I, his performance against BYU um, was super impressive. Uh, led Oregon to a big ranked win there. And, and before you say, before anybody says anything about BYU, they would beat the brakes off of Auburn right now. Just, just believe that they would beat the absolute yeah, brakes. They, off they look of better than than Penn State does, and so yeah, I, I think I agree with you. I think I agree with you there. Yeah, but just just looking at it, I do have a little bit of an objection to the initial discussion of like only three things are different: just the quarterback and the coordinators. Sure. I do think the defense is worse than it was. A year ago, and I don't think it's all coordinator related. You know, I love Roger McCreary. You lose a number one corner, it really impacts the rest of what your defense looks like. But also, like, I haven't been impressed with linebacker play. Cam Riley had a pretty solid game against Mercer, but the, the run stopping ability of the linebackers against Penn State was awful. Like, it was really, yeah. really bad. It, it was almost, it was almost like, had a, yeah, yeah, which, Surprised me a great deal, if I'm being honest with you, both with Owen Papo and Cam Riley. I, I expected more from, from both of those guys as far, as far as stopping Penn State's rushing attack. It's so like losing Zacoby, like, let's don't act like losing Zacoby McClain wasn't a big deal because I, I'm, he, was, he was productive. And I also think it excited a lot of the defense. I mean, he and Smoke, and you can say what you want about Smoke, did he want to cover tight ends running a seam? No. But, man, his teammates loved him. And when he talked, they listened to every single word that he had to say. So, like, let, let's don't downplay and disrespect those guys. I think that's where sure. – and I'm not saying that you were doing that, but I, I just think Auburn did lose stuff. But you see that all throughout the SEC. I mean, we were talking about Georgia had 15 guys drafted the league, and they somehow looked better. They looked so better. That, that's just going to be part of what you do is you have to reload if you're going to be a successful program in any cool. conference, especially the SEC. And Auburn did not do that defensively. But we were told this defense is attacking. This defense is different. This yeah. defense, uh, he we coached the, the Bama game. Like we called those points. The defensive line arguably has gotten better, like better talent. And they're not they're not able to execute. Like the defensive line is deeper than it was last year, and, and they're not able to execute. So I don't know. I I, I we we listened to this. 
people will be enforced on uh, Harson. People uh, yeah. not not given the freedom to make his own decision. To me, the only big differences I see are uh, from this team last year to this year is the, the offensive court. The guy calling the plays is different. The guy calling the plays on defense is different, and the quarterback's different. And and it, it just is what it is after that. Yeah, there just doesn't seem to be any sort of sophistication on either side of the football. All right, and uh, one of the things that's not different is this offensive line. Is it time to quit blaming Gus Malzahn for the offensive line troubles? We discussed that in just a moment right here on Locked on Auburn. Charlie Five, have you tried to get gas lately? It's ridiculous. It's tough. It's tough. It, it, it's tough with, with, uh, it's with gas prices going up, with inflation going up. It, it, you're cringing at the pump. You're getting an eye-popping check of your favorite restaurant. You need to head over to Upside. Upside is an incredible app for anyone who buys gas, groceries, or dines out. And with every purchase, I'm personally earning cash back thanks to Upside. It's such an easy app to use. All you have to do is use Upside and use promo code LOCKED, L-O-C-K-E-D. And then you just redeem all of these deals that are in the Upside app, and you take a picture of your receipt. And then about 24 hours later, you pop up with, with money real money in your account. It's not like you have to use it at certain places. You can deposit your account through PayPal. You can do a wire transfer. I believe you can even get a check in the mail. You also can get gift cards and other redeemable deals there as well. So download the free Upside app today. Use promo code LOCK to get $5 or more cash back on your first purchase of $10 or more. That's $5 or more cash back on your first purchase of $10 or more using promo code LOCKED. Charlie Five, we are live. From Barbaritos, yes. shout out to um, Discord member Joe with two E's hanging out with us. <laughs> yes, sir. Joey. <laughs> yep. Panthers fan too, post Cam Newton, which you don't see a whole lot of. So that's kind of interesting. But yeah, we're, we're hanging out with folks here at Barbaritos. What did you get from our friends at Barb's today? Oh, I got me a burrito bowl. And Delicious. once again, I put a whole bucket of uh, the Chipotle ranch on top. That's, I mean, this greatest sauce known to mankind. Yeah, you, you were talking and kind of made the joke, can you get this by the gallon? Yeah. And I think they thought you were joking. I don't think they no, realized you were actually a, asking for it. I want an, I want an actual gallon to yeah. take home today. Yeah. But no, they've got it all going on, whether it's I got nachos, uh, burrito bowl, tacos. Um, they've got it all. Uh, quesadillas here at Barbaritos. Also, super easy call if you just want to get, um, get everything catered, whether it's a, a football watching party or a work event. Call the store at Barbaritos and mention that you heard it on the podcast. You'll get your catering covered uh, 15% off of your catering. So be sure to check that out. Wow. And, of course, Monday on Monday, uh, Kids Eat Free, which I'm all about. I'm all about that. So come by and hang out with us. We record every Monday at 3 o'clock. Break some bread, eat some tacos, all that good stuff. All right, Charlie Five, is it time for Auburn fans to quit blaming Gus Malzahn for the offensive line issues? 100%. Tell me there, why. I'll tell you why. Because the availability to get players now is so different. It's so much. There's so many more opportunities to get players. We spent – He, had, uh, Brian Harson has had three full portal periods prior to February. Like, I, if you want to talk about after February, what hindered him in recruiting – Fine. That's fine. I'll, I'll have that argument. I'll, I'll have that argument with you. But yeah. after December, after signing day in February, that this team that we see right now was set. 
it was pretty it was pretty much set. We had a late addition of Coy Moore, but for the most part, it was set. When he got here, the portal had just started kicking off. We had guys like Wanya Morris that we had uh, his teammates on our Dagum team going into the portal. I don't even think we even reached out to him. Uh, then you had the the up the, the upcoming December. Uh, then you had spring again. You had so many opportunities to add players, and you just didn't do it. You either couldn't get them or you didn't even go after them. And then on top of that, I, I, I don't – it is what it is on the offensive line. They're just not very talented. And a lot of them have had terrible luck with injuries, and you talked a bunch of them into coming back, which also hindered, hindered you being able to get uh, portal guys because they didn't want to come – sit for a season or two those guys want to come play i just it, it's beyond i'm so tired of let's just we just keep passing the buck back to gus this isn't this isn't college football of the 1990s 1980s where you got to build for three years before you can have something there's so many there's high school kids are, re, are more ready to play now portal portal guys are available there's players everywhere there's players everywhere you look at it across the board yeah uh, everywhere alabama Alabama. You know who Alabama's starting left tackle is right now? Tell me. Tyler Steen from Vanderbilt, who was coming to Auburn until he ran Derek Mason off. Okay? So even Alabama does it. Alabama goes and gets portal guys when they need them. We didn't even try. It didn't even seem like we even tried. Uh, and I'm so tired of, of like, saying it's it's uh, it's one player's problem. It's a whole it's a whole thing. It's a whole line issue. It's a, and, and I I know they've they worked hard. They've played hard for Auburn, but it's just they're just not. It's just not good enough to compete at the highest level in in this conference. And we did nothing for three portal cycles to fix it. And then really, you've only brought in what two or three high school guys, two or three high school guys. Uh, and it's just so you've brought in three offensive linemen to fix your problem. Going into next year, if if Harson were to stay, which obviously I mean none of us thinks going to happen, but if Harson were to right. stay, you know how many offensive linemen we lose? A ton, a ton. Does that yeah. help the the if there is a new head coach? Does that help them because then they can go to like any transfer guy and say, hey, there's a really solid chance you start here. It should it should it should have helped. You shouldn't have had this issue last year, but yeah, it should. You're going to have like sixty percent of your offensive linemen are going to turn over. You should be able to sell that. Uh, and if you had some type of proof of concept that uh, you would you would be willing to do that, yeah. you know, you might be able to still have the same coaching staff selling that um, later on. But uh, yeah, it's it's it's. Just, I'm just tired of passing the buck. I'm so tired of, of passing the buck. No, I, I'm I, with you, and I think that's going to be something that the next coaching staff looks at, and it's like, okay, well, Tate Johnson's still going to be on campus. Curious to see what Keandre Jones does because I thought he was going to leave and go to the NFL, but I don't think he's going to be able to he's do still that young. anymore. So, like, you get him back. And I believe Troxel and Coffee have extra eligibility. Um, There's no way Troxel can. Troxel does. I, mean, I meant to say Killian <laughs> Zaire. I meant to say Killian yeah. there, which he low key had an incredible game against Penn State. Nobody wants to talk about grade, that, but yeah, I he, think he graded the highest by, yeah. by a lot. Yeah. We only had two players that graded on PFF above 70, which is terrible I, I could be wrong on this stat i could be wrong on the stat but it was either 32 or 36 quarterback pressures that were registered 30 it was either 32 or 36 we only had 38 dropbacks that's crazy there's no way that's right i'm telling you i'm telling you look it up i'm almost i'm almost positive that's the correct stat i listened to it on on a different show i was it blew it blew me away fact check me but i'm almost positive i'm right okay it's incredible. That's that's um, like 
That's like insanely bad. And uh, uh, yeah, you may be right, actually. Yeah, that's so bad. I, I'm telling you, it's so so bad. It's so bad. Uh, I mean, and then one one little quick sidebar before we sure. leave. We heard this thing. I heard this from Harson execution, which to me is almost another form of passing the buck. Uh, that if the play that basically that's what's that's telling me is that you think you called all the right stuff. The players just didn't execute it. That um, really kind of rubbed me the wrong way. Actually, hugely. and I talked about that a little bit on yesterday's show. That really rubbed me the wrong way. And I'm going to give you an example of why what why that line was garbage. Uh, third and goal from the eight yard line. Okay. Granted, the, a dude got in TJ's fa uh, face fast, but we ran an underneath. You, you, we like snuck Shed underneath, which said Shed, love Shed, not a very dynamic guy after the catch. That's strike number one. Then mm -hmm. we ran two clear out routes to the end zone. It was a two point play that we ran on the eight yard line, and he threw a he threw a three yard pass. It was a, that's a two point play. You run a clear out, and you run a drag underneath, and you hope for some type of natural pick. That is a two point play we ran on the eight yard line. Yep. And it yielded exactly the results that a two-point play would have yielded from the eight-yard line. He got tackled after three yards. He got tackled after three yards. That's So, you know what? Yeah, they executed it. They executed that play. But that was the play that was called. And I, I'm just – So, so Penn, uh, Penn State had six sacks, according to Pro Football Focus, seven quarterback hits, and 27 hurries. Absolutely. <laughs> 38 dropbacks. Are you kidding me? That's unbelievable. Kidding? How can you play yeah. quarterback? How can you play quarterback? Yeah, and people want to say, yeah, it's Rob, uh, Robbie Ashford should be instead of TJ. It's like, it doesn't matter. It doesn't maybe. matter. And I, and I think we actually may see that. It sounds like TJ's a little banged up, so we'll see what happens with that. But just total disaster. I'm sorry. Disaster. For being, I'm sorry for being negative. You're not booging today. I'm, I'm not booging right now. I'm not booging. Not booging at all. All right. Hey, uh, Coming up, we're going to hear from Auburn tight end John Samuel Shanker. Not a fun interview to do. He did not want to talk about everything that was happening, and I do not blame him. But before we jump into that, Charlie Five, how can people find you, hear you, all that good stuff? Absolutely. If you still want to listen to me, you can find me on Twitter at the underscore Charlie underscore five at the Auburn Locked, uh, Locked on Auburn Discord, auburnlive.com, the corner message board, or Monday, Wednesday, Friday on the Dad Bod Golf Pod. It's not, it's not, it's positivity on the Dad Bod Golf Pod. That's right. No, y'all have fun. Y'all have fun. There's no <laughs> question about it. Hey, today's show is brought to you by our friends at Alumni Hall. Charlie Five, I know you buy a lot of your Auburn gear from Alumni Hall, especially stuff oh, for your kiddos. This shirt I got from Alumni Hall, which is awesome. That's why it looks so great. It's from Alumni Hall. But if you're an Auburn fan and you're not shopping at Alumni Hall, you're not an Auburn fan. Sorry. No. Hate to break it to you. Hate to break it to Amateur. you. Amateur. Um, and that's okay. That's okay. We need amateur fans too. But if you want to up your game a little bit, head over to Alumni Hall. No, all joking aside, they've got all kinds of different apparel, men's, women's, children, pets, a lot of pet stuff in there as well. And if you don't need clothes and you just need like Auburn stuff, they've got you covered there too. So be sure to check out our friends at Alumni Hall. You can go to alumnihall.com to order online, or you can go to their location in Tigertown. That's where I go to get a lot of my auburn gear so check it out alumnihall.com and joining us as he does every week here on locked on auburn courtesy of our friends at crawford willis group at exp realty auburn tight end john samuel shanker and look i don't think it's crazy to say that saturday's game did not go 
how you guys expected it to. So your role as a captain and a leader on this team, what's kind of the message to the locker room moving forward? Yeah, you know, just yesterday we came in, it was just putting it behind us, learning from all the mistakes that we made, which is a huge part of being successful next week is just um, learning what we did wrong and making sure we don't do that again. Uh, and I think we did that yesterday, and now it's completely on to Mizzou. We're not worrying about anybody else. Um, and it's about playing the best football that we possibly can, just clean everything up, just playing a clean game, because uh, I don't think we have at this point um, overall as a team. Uh, so that's that's the goal this week. Is is there part of that that's a little bit of of good news, John Samuel? As far as like, hey, if we do, what we're you know what we're capable of. We, we we've got a chance to to be a really solid football team. Yeah, that's and that's the thing that um, even if we played the exact same game, what I'm thinking of, we've we've played the exact same game for three weeks, the type of game, and the opponents just gotten better. So it's not. It's nothing they're doing. It's completely us. I mean, we played a Mercer team, and we had turnovers, and we just didn't play clean football in all areas on offense. Um, but we beat them because they're a lesser opponent than San Jose State was better. We, we squeaked away with that one, and then you play a good opponent in Penn State, and you're going to play the same game, you're going to lose. So, you know, it, it, it starts – everyone has a responsibility. Um, every room on the offense, tight ends, running backs, wide receivers, quarterbacks, O-line, and we just have to play clean football. Um, and that starts in practice. So that's that's the goal this week, just to play a clean game uh, and just, you know, why not and see see what happens. Yeah. So how does – with the goal of playing a clean game, what does that look like as far as prep? Does clean mean, you know, no turnovers? Does it mean, you know, just, just make sure you do your job specifically, less penalties? I mean, what all goes into prep when you're trying to do all of that? Yeah, so I think all those things that you said are right. Um, the first one is execution of your play. So just knowing what you have to do, um, executing that assignment, and then obviously less penalties, no turnovers. Because um, I think right now we're like minus 11 in the turnover realm or something, uh, which is I think not – Yeah, it, which is not – you know, that's not winning football. We, we can't win that way. Um, but that's on all of us. Um, so – yeah, just a cleaner game. Just not being ourselves. It's hard to play a football game and try to beat two teams at once when you're trying to beat play yourself and play the opponent, especially when the opponent's talented. So we have to just focus on playing our opponent and make them beat us, not us beat ourselves. What all went into the the interception, John Samuel? It, it looked like part of it was TJ was just trying to throw it away, didn't quite get enough juice on it. Then I saw some other reports that maybe folks were running a, a different route. What, what all went into that play from your point of view? Yeah, you're talking about the one where he came from behind, the guy that tackled him kind of from behind. Yeah. And he was going um, yeah. He was trying to, it looked like he was trying to throw it out of bounds, but it didn't have enough on it. Yeah, there's a lot um, in that one. But yeah, he was trying to throw out of bounds. You know, on a rollout like that, you know, there's going to be pressure from the back, um, called the backside. Um, so there's a few teaching points for TJ to run, but he just didn't feel that guy. He was going to throw it away. Um, and when that guy hit him, it took out, you know, kind of the juice in the ball. And then, yeah, we didn't have guys running the right routes. Um, thought the protection was good on that play. He had time. That wasn't really an issue there. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it was, there's a lot of miscues. There was a lot of that during the game. And so this week, you know, it's focusing on your job 
not in a selfish way, but just you have to execute your assignment. You can't worry about what everybody else is doing um, because if we make mistakes, and that that's the kind of thing that happens. And then John Samuel, the, the rushing game. I mean, you guys have three really, really talented running backs. Is space the biggest issue there, just not getting that push up front for those guys? Yeah, and I just don't think we had enough carries. Uh, I thought, you know, but during the game, we don't really think about that. We're just playing, you know, we're just doing what they call. And so that's – you don't really get to see that. But, yeah, we love our running backs. We thought we ran the ball pretty decent early. Um, you know, yeah. we were pretty consistent with it. So, yeah, but it, it's all – you know, it, it goes back to the little things during practice. And um, we just – we have to get a lot better in a few areas this week. Um, and clean football is number one goal. Yeah. Uh, I want to give a shout out to um, Killian Zaire. His um, his numbers are like pro football focus in the analytics. Like he he had an outstanding game from a pass blocking point of view. What have you seen from yeah. him? No, he's he's legit. Um, yeah, he's he's a staple in our offense for sure. I can always when I when I work with him and blocks and things, I always know you know what we're doing. I know we're gonna be successful because it's Killian over there. So yeah, he's very um, very smart in football. He, he works really hard. Um, he's a guy that he rarely makes mental errors and things like that. He's very on top of things. So definitely an asset on the offensive line. Yeah. John Sam, I'll get your thoughts on quarterbacks and then obviously Missouri moving forward in just a moment. But uh, these weekly visits with John Samuel are brought to you by our friends at the Crawford Willis Group. If you're buying or selling your home or looking at a second home or an investment property, these are the folks to make sure to reach out to and they're going to take care of you. We use them to list our old home as we just recently moved and under 12 hours, we were under contract. We got over asking and a lot of contingencies removed. These folks know what they're doing in the Auburn, Opelika, Lee County area. And so you need to trust them. Their motto is converting clients into friends and they do just that. Be sure to check out their website, Crawford Willis group.com and they'll help you with all of your real estate needs john samuel shanker i mean we, we've seen we've seen moments of finley i mean some of the throws that he made there was a few to shedrick that i think were really really impressive throws and getting javarius johnson involved and then robbie ashford comes in in the second half and he had some throws to malcolm uh that, that, that were pretty solid as as well is, is this still the plan moving forward to kind of use both of these guys and then once the game's kind of out of out of hand one way or the other, they move Robbie in full time. Is that still kind of the plan moving forward? Do you think? I don't know. That's, you know, we didn't, we don't get told that's just really a coach's thing. Yeah. Um, so we just play whoever's in there. Uh, but no, I, I'm not sure. I, I don't know what their plans are uh, moving forward. Uh, I'm sure Coach Arsenal will address that at some point, but um, I haven't heard anything as of now changes but you know that could be coming here in the next few days if, if that's what coach harson wants yeah yeah and then uh, i mean there's been so much talk about you know zach calzada the, does he deserve a shot is this a guy that you're seeing good things from him in practice or is this just kind of something where it's like hey the two guys in front of you are are, are doing okay and we just kind of need to see what happens with them first yeah i don't know um you know calzada's He's just kind of been on the back burner lately. Um, you know, he's gotten some reps in practice. Uh, so, I don't know. We'll see when we start practice tomorrow how that looks. Um, would I be surprised? Probably not. 
if he had a shot, but you know, I don't know. I don't know what coach Coach Harris yeah. is thinking uh, for game plan wise for Missouri, because um, it's really what's best for for us to be Missouri. Um, I know TJ is banged up too, so we'll see. You know what what that looks like moving forward. Yeah. And then uh, looking ahead to Missouri, John Samuel, this is a team that Hubbard doesn't play a whole lot just by the nature of, you know, the Western division, Eastern division type situations. But what do we know about this Missouri team as you guys start to kind of peek ahead and, and look at this 11 o'clock matchup on Saturday? Well, it's the start of SEC ball for both teams. So this is a big win uh, if you can get it to start 1-0 in the SEC. It's really a new season for teams that are starting in the SEC um, you're getting out of the out of conference stuff and you get into the, the meat of your schedule and the ones that really matter um, if you can start one and know the SEC that's a big advantage uh, you add some momentum and that'd be a big clear up from last week for us uh, just to you know flush that loss uh, in a way that we have we're one and know in the SEC so um, they're a good team obviously yeah, I think they're two and one as well. So um, we just got to come prepared and play a clean football game. John Samuel Shanker, Auburn Titan. Thank you so much for your time as always. And, uh, and best of luck this Saturday to you. Thank you. War Eagle. That is John Samuel Shanker joining us. Always appreciate his time. That is another edition of locked on Auburn in the books. Thank you so much for tuning in. You can read all of my written work at auburndaily.com. And we'll see you tomorrow for a little War Report Wednesday. All right here on Locked on Auburn.